This episode is powered by denmeditation.com. The meditation is the primary focus. The bigger goal is for people to understand and love themselves, thus creating more harmony in the community at large. To find out more about Den Meditation's teacher training programs, retreats, and all things Den Meditation, go to denmeditation.com. Welcome to Den Talks Podcast. This is Tal, your host and the founder of Den Meditation. We have a trippy episode today in all the ways that I love. We have Sarah Breskman Cosme on and we talk about it all. You want to talk about aliens? We got it. You want to talk about human evolution? We've got it. You want to talk about seeding the planet? We've got it. I mean, honestly, we have everything that you want to talk about, all the stuff that is deemed as weird, but I love. We talk about Lemuria. We talk about Atlantis, Egypt, all of it, past lives. So Sarah Breskman Cosme is a past life regressionist. And through many of her sessions, she's uncovered a lot of information and she's compiled it because the higher consciousness has been giving her this information. And through it, she talks about and she learns kind of really what the history of humanity is, how we came here, how the earth was created, and also what is the purpose of all this. And what's beautiful about this, which we realize and she realizes, is we are at this beautiful precipice of a huge change of consciousness, a huge evolution. And in that, and it doesn't always feel that way, right? But we learn the things we can do to keep going forward. It's always an individual choice. Your mind is going to be blown. She's so great. The information is so incredible. And at the very least, it's going to remind you that you are more than this human body. I say it all the time, anyone who takes my classes, you are not just this physical incarnation, you are more. And when you learn to tap into it, that is when everything starts happening for you. So enjoy this episode, check it out, leave a review, let us know what you think and go on that journey with us. Reading your three books was an explosion of information. and. It was funny when I was thinking about having you on, I'm like, I don't even know where to begin. (laughs) (laughs) Which is unlike me, because usually I'm like, I know exactly how to take this off. But what I love, you know, you know, you you do QHHT, which I love. And we do actually at the den, we have some some practitioners as well. And like I said, I've read so many of Dolores Cannon books. But what's so cool about yours, and it felt obviously they're very timely, um, it really feels clear, like when you're open and ready, this is information that is being handed to us that's necessary um, because there's so much happening on this earth right now that it's like, okay, here's a little manual for you. And I want to thank you, A, for giving us this information in such a concise format because I feel like there's been little pieces of stuff kind of everywhere, but it was almost as if it's like, no, 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 deliver this information. Here you go. How did, as you were writing these books, how was it as you're kind of receiving this information yourself? I mean, for me, this it's so exciting. I absolutely love it. I love finding out all this information, but I didn't set out to do this at all. I mean, I had no idea I was going to do it. And I mean, I appreciate you saying you like my books, but I'm not the one that wrote them. <laughs> and it's, I know. it's, I mean, I wish I could take credit. I just facilitate the sessions, but it's, really so fascinating to me how the higher consciousness has an agenda. And I guess, you know, I decided to do this with the higher consciousness or universal consciousness before incarnation, but 
honestly, I never really consciously thought about it before it started happening to me. And it's just amazing because they'll just share what they want to share. And it's, for me, it's very helpful. It's also stuff I'm curious about. So I get to learn a lot through these sessions that all have this agenda that all create these stories. And it's just such a wild ride. I mean, I, I'm always excited. I can't wait to find out what they're going to show next. Well, it's so interesting because, you know, as you go through all these, you know, past lives with people and that's what you do and you're getting this information, clearly, like you said, Kyra Conscious has a mission because they're also bringing you certain people that that information can be shared. Yeah. And, and, you know, I bet this happens to a lot of other practitioners in other healing modalities. I don't think it's just me at all. I mean, if I didn't look back and try to go through my stuff like they told me to do, I wouldn't have known that this all fits into a story. It's like we're all being communicated Mm. with in our own ways. And this is how they communicate through me to other people. It's really fascinating. And then they've said that the people that read my books are a match to this information, that they have on some level been searching for it. So this is the way the higher consciousness is leaking it into the population. Well, it's okay. So let's get into some of this nitty gritty. And for those listening, I'm sorry if some of this gets confusing, we'll slow down at times, but it is, it's like, a story of, you know, so many generations and trying to sometimes make it sense. And I'm sure I will forget things even in it, but it's essentially the story of our own creation and who we truly are as beings. And it's funny, we just had Greg Braden on and, you know, that's his big mission, but he does it more from the scientific kind of perspective of when humans can realize their full potential and what they actually are. And they're not these limited kind of fragile beings, evolution will speed up so fast. And also what your consciousness is capable of will not only surprise you, but how, when you live in it. And so what's amazing about all of this, of what your books contain is showing us like, yes, this is where you come from. And this is what's, what's happening right now. And so your books are basically saying right now we're in this pivotal point of humankind, which is this, moment where we're kind of about to jump into a major new consciousness and that it's been all of these, I don't even know how many years you would define it as. I mean, it's, it's, I don't even know if there's a number for it, but all kind of coming to this point of finally us being able to evolve beyond kind of this small physicality way we see ourselves, but it's at a pivotal point. So talk about that, how when you're at the point, it doesn't always feel great, even though there's Goodness oh, but you know, the higher consciousness describes it as a woman being in labor that, you know, she knows that there's something magical at the end of all this. And it's the same with what's going on right now. There's something very magical at coming at the end of all of this. But I think, you know, it's really interesting because the higher consciousness always says that what people don't really understand is that we are the universe. So people think the universe is outside of themselves, but everything that's going on right now, as complicated as this might sound, is actually a reflection of what's going on internally. So the most important thing that anyone can really do is to work on themselves ultimately, because that changes their outside um, reality. That changes everything. 
And everybody's being called to do that. So whether you're reading a book like one of these that triggers certain memories and triggers releases of whatever trauma um, needs to be released, that can lead you on an inward journey. And that's essentially what is so important about what's happening right now is really understanding, like I love Greg Braden too, is understanding that we are so much more powerful, but more really who we really are. And we're not separate from the universe. We really literally are the universe. It's the same with, you know, how they describe other beings, other races of beings. We think that they're so separate than us, but it's amazing how, you know, this consciousness describes them all as being us or other versions of us or, or actually extensions of us. And it really leads you back to the point that we are so connected. And I find, you know, it's so fascinating. And yes, like you said, this is a really difficult time for many of us right now because things are really being shooken up. I mean, everybody can feel, you know, chaos, so to speak, but really it's all to shake up things within ourselves. Just like I said, that it seems as if everything is a reflection. It's really fascinating. So talk a little bit about that because you you talk about this idea, you just said, you know, we're all so connected. The universe is a reflection of ourselves. When you read your book and you see what I love it, you know, it starts with you working with your friend, Jen. Yeah, is that that, that's actually name? a I mean, real name. Matter. And Jen wrote her own book, her firsthand perspective called Child of the Universe. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. That's so great. But you cover, if I'm correct, by the end, at least three or four main mm-hmm. lives. And a few of them are huge in the sense of, you know, one is her being kind of like the princess and then eventually like the queen, if they call it that of Lemuria. And then she's also part of the reason for the destruction of Atlantis. I mean, these are huge pivotal right. things. Um, there's also a major lifetime of her not so long ago in mm-hmm. like the seventies where she actually gets put in a mental institution. Cause she's supposed, she's trying to share this information, but it's too early and gets deemed kind of as someone who is mm-hmm. crazy. Um, and there, it's, and also if I'm correct, there's one life even before that where she comes to actually help right. seed the universe. Right. So there's all these major pivotal things. And then fascinatingly enough, you connect into it realizing that one of your past lives was a judge in Atlantis who's actually trying to help her when she was, you know, we can actually back up. She was, the story is actually really lovely and you should probably tell it more than me, how she was this princess of Lemuria. Do you want to tell it? And then how she was. Sure. Do you want to, do you want me to start with how it started or just go into the story? Well, I mean, what I think um, is really interesting to me is just how everything just seemed to fit together. Everything just happened to me. It looked like by accident, but it's so interesting how all our lives are so set up with certain things that are supposed to happen to us and how there really are no such things as coincidences, you know, just like me moving to the Florida Keys. I just thought I wanted to move somewhere warm. Never had I thought that possibly I was going to be close to the energy of Atlantis. And this is the closest point to where I passed in that lifetime as a judge. And it's so fascinating how it's all set up. But this all started by accident because I needed somebody to regress as like a um, a subject to regress to take this video submission to this class. So I asked 
my friend Jen, because just in that spur of the moment when I needed somebody, it was on the spot and I only had a limited time. I needed somebody right away. So I just asked her and then instantly kind of regretted it because I knew she wasn't into any of this stuff. I had tried to talk to her about different spiritual things and um, for a while, and we had been friends for 10 years. So I knew her very well. And I knew that she was not into any of this stuff. I knew she didn't believe in aliens. I knew she didn't even believe in past life regression. And so when the words, do you want to do this with me came out of my mouth, I thought, why did I do that? You know, that instant regret. And um, I told her a little bit about what I was doing, that I was doing this form of hypnosis. And this is what I do. This is what I had been doing. But I needed um, someone that would volunteer to take, to be my subject, to take this video submission to this class. And I told her, you know, you can find out anything you want about yourself. You can find out your true purpose. You can even heal your body if you have any issues. And she said, wow, I didn't realize that's what you do because I've been suffering from this brain condition called pseudotumor cerebri. And she was working really closely with this team of specialists at the University of Miami. And they had they had told her that there's no cure and that there were really um, high risks for a stroke. And she was just devastated. I mean, she hadn't even told anyone from the school yet. She had only told her husband, just completely devastated because she had little kids And so she said, yes, I will do whatever, you know, I will do whatever. I will be your volunteer. So I thought, wonderful, you know. Um, Then I also thought, well, what if she remembers a past life and here she doesn't believe in past life? So, you know, I told her, just try to have an open mind, you know, whatever comes up, just have an open mind. And, you know, remember that this is really easy. You can you can heal yourself. And she was like, okay, you know, I'll have an open mind. I don't really believe in extraterrestrials. I don't believe in past lives, but I'll give it a go. (laughs) So in her first regression, as I bring her deep under hypnosis, she remembers very clearly this past life um, in this ancient civilization where she was part of the ruling party and she was a female and she was getting um, groomed, so to speak, to be a leader in that society. And we came to find out this place was called Lemuria. And it was a beautiful matriarchal society where the women were the natural leaders because they carried subconscious knowledge down from the mother to the daughter. And in this way, they never had to teach each other this information. This information was subconsciously passed down. And because this information was so valuable, they were the natural leaders in that society. And she realized just in so much, much detail what it was like to live in this beautiful place that was in the South Pacific. Then she also realized that at one point she was taken as a prisoner by these very advanced beings who were, who were human. And they came in these travel spheres. They were looking for some type of immunity. And they, when they couldn't get it, They took her as a prisoner and destroyed the whole civilization by setting off these like almost like atomic like bombs in rifts under the ocean and just destroyed the whole civilization. And she had to watch from above as they destroyed her whole homeland. And um, then she was taken as a prisoner in Atlantis for 60 years. Now, I asked her higher, her higher self, why did you show her that lifetime of all lifetimes you could have shown her? And they said, well, 
That is our mission. We've come together in this lifetime to uncover this important information and share it with the world and that we needed to uncover it from the beginning and, you know, just share it with as many people that needed this information, that people had been waiting for this information for thousands and thousands of years. And I asked, okay, well, um, why does she have this brain condition? And they said that was the motivation for her to come see me. Had she not had the brain condition, she would have never, you know, volunteered to, to do this with me. So after her first session, she went back to her team of specialists at the University of Miami and she was healed. And they said, well, it must be a medical miracle. So to be totally honest with you, I've heard many things in regressions and many wonderful stories. And I just honestly didn't think anything about it. I didn't think that this really was our mission to uncover this information. I just, I've always been kind of skeptical and maybe that's why it had to be completely proven to me over and over again. So they kept saying through her, you guys need to do this. So we decided, well, you know, she was healed. That's pretty value. You know, that's Amen. something there, you know, so that makes, you know, that makes it more likely that maybe this is true. So we got together to work and find out what else did this consciousness want to share with us. That was so important to share with the world. And I brought her deep under hypnosis, but in a QHHT session, you don't lead the client. So I just told her higher self, take us to the beginning of this story, the very beginning of what you need us to share with the world. And in my mind, I thought she was going to go back to her childhood in this place called Lemuria, or she didn't call it Lemuria. They called it Amman in this beautiful place. And I thought she was going to uncover from the beginning her childhood and move up through the lifetime. That's just what I assumed. But she didn't go back to a childhood in Lemuria. Instead, she went back to another lifetime as a commander on an extraterrestrial ship, crash landing on Earth for the very first time. And I think what really helped validate this information for me was that because I knew her for 10 years and I knew she didn't believe in extraterrestrials. So I started to take notice. <laughs> Maybe there is something to this at this point. And she uncovered in so much detail, remembered in so much detail, being this commander and, you know, running out of resources on their, if you want to call it planet or realm, whatever you want to call it, and having to come to earth and see the earth and the earth part being part of an experiment. I knew she didn't know this stuff. Granted, I've heard this information, similar information in many sessions before, but I knew she didn't know this stuff consciously. So I definitely took notice um, because of this. So then we uncovered this information from, you know, that, that um, memory and went through her life. Now I, again, didn't really know that this weird phenomenon was happening in my office because I just thought it was a coincidence where these other clients that had never met one another were coming and having their regressions and remembering the same time periods and either Atlantis or Lemuria or um, as an extraterrestrial, I just assumed at first that this was something that many practitioners experience. So I asked around, you know, my friend group and other practitioners if they were experiencing this too. And they said, no. And yet the higher consciousness kept saying, you know, you need to, you need to share all this. You need to document it. 
and share it and put it into a book. So I finally got the message and I started doing that. And that's how I wrote my first book. And it's just been such an interesting, incredible journey from there on out because it's so exciting. I can't wait to find out what they're going to share with me next. And these books write themselves so fast. I mean, the last one I mean, you have wrote itself year. in less than a year. And, you know, I really, it's amazing. But the coincidences also, because what we were talking about before is this kept happening, but also the fact that then it was revealed in one of your lifetimes, you two are actually very yes. connected. We've been connected in many different lifetimes. We, I mean... That was really fascinating. I kind of had a thought that maybe we were connected, but I had no idea that we were connected in that lifetime until I had a regression myself. So I had a regression in um, uh, March of, I think it was 2019. I think it was 2019 um, in Miami in front of the, the group class because as part of the classes, the QHHT um uh, students practice on someone. And so I'm usually the guinea pig when I would go assist Dolores Cannon's daughter in these classes, because that was my job. After I became a level three, I would go around all around the world and help Julia Cannon teach. So they, one of the students decided to regress me at, for practice. And all of a sudden I see this other lifetime where I'm a judge in Atlantis and it was really interesting just to see from that perspective, my part in the story. It was also really fascinating to me because it brought back all the memories for me. So I got to see what I remembered Atlantis to look like. And they were, the memories were so vivid for me. I mean, I remember my office and how I really liked the color burgundy and I hate the color burgundy, burgundy now. <laughs> and um, it's really okay. interesting how it looked similar in a sense to the Florida Keys and I'm in the Florida Keys now it's really fascinating how I've always just been so I mean I'm still passionate about my work but I was very passionate about it then and it was also interesting to go to these grand remember remembering going to these grand parties when I lived in Atlantis and how the, you know, the buildings were so big and they were so beautiful. I mean, everything was very beautiful and um, it was just interesting at all the parallels to my life now, but yet, but yet also interesting to see different perspectives, different, you know, memories and being so far removed from that type of person now as well. So it was really interesting. Well, it's fascinating also with the past lives, how, you know, even if someone believes in past lives, I don't think you always realize that the choices of coming back are so intricately linked to the life lived before. I know. Which I think it feels more from your books that they are. Yeah. And I think, you know, before it felt, not before, I mean, at least I could say to me, and I know other people felt more like random, kind of like a potpourri of like, oh, it's going to be this, and then it's going to be that, and try a little bit of this, and try a little bit of that. Not that I don't think you're gaining new experiences, obviously you are, but it seems more strategic in It some is, ways. because you keep going through lifetimes until you accomplish what it is that you want to accomplish, or you have a goal that you want to, you know... Um, 
basically do before you stop on that lesson or goal or whatever. So for me, I really wanted to share this information even back then. And I've wanted to share this information for countless lifetimes. I've written these stories before. I've <laughs> well, talk a little bit about, because so when your stuff started kind of coming up in the book too, first of all, to connect you two to finish that path, you were a judge in Atlantis and then talk about how it actually meshes between the two of you. Sure. Cause I, that is part of you wanting to share. Well, you know, when I was growing up in Atlantis, it was interesting because the window panes looked the same as the window panes that I grew up with. My father was the same and he was the very, he was the same in this lifetime and that he was always pushing me to be, you know, really good at academics. That was, that was his passion and that has just never been my passion because I've always wanted to help people. And so I never really felt like, um, I don't know, just that I really fit in with his, what he wanted as a child, you know? So it was just so similar, that theme. It just kept, it, it's repeated itself multiple times. But yet again, that helps me as well, though, because I had that, you know, polarity, it helps me search for something else in a kind of a more motivated way, you know, so I can see mm -hmm. how I chose that again for myself in this lifetime. But it is really interesting how when we are trying to work towards something, because everything is about working on ourselves, everything. So we choose these lifetimes over and over and over again, that will best help us, you know, work on ourselves, because that's, like I said, that's really why we're all here. I mean, it's great to help. It's fantastic to help others. And it's one of the reasons we're here, but the most important is to work on ourselves. I've been told. And so when you were in Atlantis as the judge and you had already retired, it was like you and two others were chosen right. to talk about that. So I, hadn't really completely retired, but I was an elderly man and I was still working on these, these cases. I have to be careful what I share because I don't want your video to get taken down. It's I, my videos get banned if I go too into certain topics about Atlantis. Oh, really? So I'll skirt around oh, some things. That's so funny. So I can say some things. Atlantis, for those who don't know, has been known for kind of being very advanced with technology um, and using it sometimes not for the best reasons, always doing experiments and kind of making hybrids of people and animals and technology and all these things. And in that process, like anything, you can create some stuff that doesn't always, you know, what that society doesn't deem as okay or fits in or makes sense. Um, and so like in any society that decides to kind of take control of evolution that way, there were creations, people, things that did not fit in with what they deemed the norm of society, right? Yes. And so they were, they would, um, we'll go ahead and um, take it from there. Hopefully that was a general, so we don't get there. Okay, perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, so there were um, experiments that went wrong. And because of this, there were many different um, hybrids that had different um, side effects because of the experiments that went, that went wrong. And it's interesting just as we were saying about the parallels, because you can still see these parallels today with um, quote unquote disabilities or side effects, because yeah. 
they're not disabilities at all. They're actually abilities like they were in Atlantis. So, because there is always a good side to everything, even though something might look um, very negative, everything has a positive and and a negative side to it. So just like um, disabilities or people will call them disabilities like ADHD or um, things like that, or even like dyslexia or um, uh, astigmatism, these are actually abilities. Like people with astigmatism can often see into different dimensions and they don't realize they have this ability or people with ADHD I'm going to start looking a little harder. I mean, but you really don't have to. This is an, this is an, a major ability that you have. And people with ADHD, they actually can think greater, like in different ways than other people can't. And what these disabilities are actually meant to do is to filter into our society and help us as we like integrate with people that have people right then we're able to use them and every and use everybody's differences and this is the same thing that was happening in atlantis people had certain um disabilities or side effects so to speak so there because of this in atlantis at that time they were deciding what to do with these people that had these side effects in from what my clients shared with me And not so much what I remember because I saw Atlantis from a different perspective. So what my clients have shared with me was that they had a very tight class system and they they were very um, judgmental, so to speak, during that time. And if you did not look a certain way or you were not considered a good Atlantean, then you were kind of shunned by by the society. Sounds familiar. Right, exactly. <laughs> and so there was a um, there was an agreement to figure out what to do with these people with disabilities. And so they decided that they were going to take the people that were had severe disabilities that looked different, that were violent, that were just were not able to stay in Atlantis. And they were taken to an island that was off of Atlantis. And I've been told that it's right next to where I live in the Florida Keys. But what I was in charge of was deciding as a judge who would stay or who would go. And there were other Mm. judges as well, but that was what I worked on. So I can see why one of the reasons why I'm back again to share this information almost as like a karmic repayment, so to speak. And also because many people didn't understand what was happening and I tried to share like it. You in that lifetime, you didn't. Know I didn't what was know. I was tricked into believing that these people were being taken care of and they were being given supplies and things like that, but actually they were being killed, and they were killed in a way. When you tried to tell people, I right? Did. Then you you did have a period when you tried to share that information. I did. It was really interesting because um, Jen could tap into this information. So I found that fascinating too, how much you use Jen to then give you information about you. You know, it's really interesting what you can find out when you go deep into anyone, because you take anyone and you take them deep into, you know, 
deep into their consciousness, so to speak. And you tap into the same place. You tap into universal consciousness, which really shows that we are all one and it's, we're not separate than one another. That's why people can heal each other through distance, or they can use one person as a surrogate to heal somebody else because we're all that connected. And so I could use Jen to find out information about myself and about that past lifetime, which was fascinating. It also reminded me so much, and I love how much we're talking about this because I do think it helps the stage reminding people that, so both Lemuria and Atlantis ultimately were destroyed, but there were survivors who did populate in other places. So a lot of people currently are descendants of that, if not having lived a past life um, of one of these places. And then it brings us to the Sphinx, which we'll get to as well, because that all connects it too. But to your point, you know, even in Lemuria, one of the things, you know, Jen talked a lot about were these kind of red rubies and the fact that their island was really, their land was really known for this immunity and this ability of healing and self-healing. And really, if they chose to live, they lived like it was a matter of mindset. And it's interesting because a lot of, I think, the text through all three of your books is kind of reminding people we've come really, yes, there were crystals and yes, there was a different grid specifically around that island that added to that immunity than let's say Atlantis, which had a different grid that was more energy and technology and growth that way. Um, it, it did, it does remind you that we've now been so removed and we forget that was a big thing. Like we've forgotten so much that we forget our own healing powers through our own mind, our own connecting to where we've That's come beautiful. from. And I you find know, that The higher consciousness has always said that most of the people you see today are people that have also lived during these times. And that's why we all decided to come back together now to release this trauma. And we do that by being triggered by certain things. And that helps us go inwards and then release the trauma. But, um, forget what I was going to say. It was something you just said, and it was like so beautiful, but maybe it'll come to me. The red crystals, self-healing, the grids. Um, Well, tapping into your own power and forgetting who you really are, you know, it's really interesting because when people pass, or when I take countless people through, you know, past life and they pass and they go to the in-between, everything is known again. They remember that they're God. They're like, oh, yeah, I'm God. I know I'm going to go experience this. And so this is all just a journey of remembering. It's all just an experience. Like, that's why we come here to forget, just to remember again, because it's so great when you can remember in this way. It's so different than if you already knew. It loses that kind of excitement. It's like finding, having Christmas and getting all your presents, you know, too early. You want to, you want to experience Christmas or you want to experience getting the presents in their due time. You know, it's really interesting. It's so true. And what I found also interesting, you know, because it does just talk about this whole earth is, it's been protected. It's been watched over. It's, you know, in some ways it's the play, it's the experiment that, you know, we're all choosing to help evolve it to another dimension, which we're now kind of on the cusp of. And, you know, when you bring the Sphinx into it, which you also played a major part in one of your past lives, but to just be brought about it for a second, when they talk about kind of just the energy lines that were kind of instilled into Like if, you know, we all make these cute little crystal grids, like for manifestation or to protect our houses, like 
basically there's gigantic ones that go within our entire earth system connecting different points um, to help fuel the energy so that when you want to tap into it, it's there. And also what I loved, which is a whole side thing, all these crazy portals that if you step into it and you're not conscious of it, it is like the Bermuda Triangle. Literally, you will be taken to another dimension without knowing. But we'll talk about that in a second because that I just love for fun sakes. But this idea of you know, we have the energy here. The energy is ready to evolve. We've gone through the dips and the valleys and the ups and the downs. But I thought it was fascinating when you asked a lot of these questions of the higher consciousness, also about the virus, meaning COVID, because you were doing this during that time, and and about the vaccines. Are you allowed to what say I that on this? Because, well, no, because I'm going to do it in a very general way. So hopefully, because I actually don't have, I've always been a very middle of the road person with all of it. And what I found during that time, which I think fits into what I was saying, is the separation that was happening, I found insane. I so whether it was people who decided to go like, this is all crazy and made up. And it's funny. And using a lot of the verbiage of this language, using the verbiage of, you know, this is all made up or this isn't real and blah, blah, blah. But so extreme to the point um, of not acknowledging its actual existence on this earth, Right. right? And then the people who went the other way of like, you know, living in the fear so much. And I mean, it was just so polarizing, as we know, and so much hatred and families torn apart. And then you add the political spectrum that was an overlay on top of it. Um, Trump, not Trump. I mean, MAGA, not MAGA. It's amazing how history just repeats itself. And you can see through the themes even of our history and the themes that come through the book where they show that this is what we've done for thousands and thousands of years. We, we, we separate ourselves and we think we're so different than one of than one another. And then we eventually, it's time for us eventually to reunite now. Right. And that's what I loved, especially when you get to, you know, from the trail to the start from this trail, people to start people. And they're really telling us, look, part of the experiment was let's separate these people mm-hmm. on earth and then watch them come back together. And we're at this period of coming back together. And I find it fascinating because you can feel the different levels of consciousness in a way, in the sense of some people holding on so tight to the separation, because it's to the point, you know, one of the interesting things you guys talk about, and I think it comes out more in that third book, how um, when Lemuria and, and Atlantis kind of, you know, disappeared or were exploded or how it destroyed the ley lines shifted because they were no longer major points. And they shifted with the Americas being one of the major points obviously went to other places as well but that being a central place which kind of deemed it a place of like spiritual evolution in some ways and for a long time i feel like you saw that and only recently i think people are feeling like wait what's going on we're going backwards we're going the other way we're losing some of this evolution of awakening of togetherness and trying to be together and compassion and love for all of you know disabilities not disability whatever it is and it feels in some ways, like it's it's almost going the other way. Do you feel like that is just the nature of being at a precipice? I do. It's almost as if you're having, you love someone very much and there's something bothering you about that person. And in order to become one or become closer with that person, you want to get out what it is that's upsetting you. It's just like that. It's like the chaos comes first before we reunite. And it really is like we're getting to the precipice of this. We really are on the precipice of this, actually. 
And that's what's happening right now. So that's how we come back together greater. It's all, it's all in alignment is what I've constantly told over and over and over again. Anytime I ask the higher consciousness. And that's what I thought was funny when you did ask questions specifically about the virus and the vaccine, because I think some people would listen looking for specific answers. And for me, the answers that came were kind of more like, I mean, yes, there's stuff I won't say in here, but also it was more like, it's going to be exactly what the person needs it to be and what they want it to be. And it's going to be reflected, which doesn't really answer it. If you're thinking of the sides, how like different sides chose to use it as ammunition I felt like I kind of fell right in the they middle, do. which once That's again- That's how they answer yes. that question. I, I mean, and I've asked multiple clients just in case, and that's the answer I get. It's really up to each individual. Each individual creates their own reality. So yes, one person, one answer, person can believe a certain thing, and that is 100% true, 100% true for them. Yet another one can believe something else, and it's 100% true for them too. So each person has a choice of how anything um, affects them. I mean, of course, I have my own beliefs, but the higher consciousness always shares this. And I found that fascinating because I felt like it played into the message you kept getting, again, through all three of the books, which was a time for compassion, a time for Mm -hmm. self you know, inward journey and a time for reunification, like coming together. And the only way I think people can truly come together is when you start realizing you create your own future and your own destiny. So therefore you can't keep judging people for their choices. Well, it's the same with thinking that everything that is happening externally is because of somebody else. It's all, it actually really is all a reflection of what's happening inside and internally. So if you just look into your you know, around in your own, you know, surroundings, those are, those are reflections of what's going on inside all of it. We literally are creating our own reality. And so it's interesting. I mean, talk a little bit about it and you talk about it in the book. I agree with all that. Um, And it's tricky because you and I, like I'm sitting somewhere safe and you're sitting somewhere safe. So if you're the person who let's say is right now in Ukraine, you know, and still in the middle of a war, or let's say you were back in the past, like you were, you know, I love in the, you know, the, the, I always, for some reason that title always gets me from the trail people to the star people. Um, You know, when you're really working with the indigenous history, how they're very connected, they're really, you know, especially in the Americas, really bring in all of that past information. They were kind of the keepers of it. Um, And you hear them also, you know, having to do the long walk and the trail and like losing their lands and the savage. It's never something that you did wrong when, you know, that's never, you can't do any of this life wrong ever. It's not your fault if you get sick or if you have an issue or anything. Everything is there either to help you or something that you are actually helping others with. I mean, I've asked the higher consciousness multiple times, why do so many people suffer? And they don't say, oh, it's their fault. But they have said to me multiple times, well, sometimes people decide before they come in that they want to help the world 
by being a certain example, by being in certain situations that others would think, oh gosh, I definitely don't want to be in that situation. But they help others by being in that situation so that people can choose different things for their their reality. So the higher consciousness has said, sometimes people come in with say like a disability, a really severe one that they come in with this and they choose to that, that, um, that uh, disability in order to help their whole society where they live, because everyone that sees them will think, wow, I um, am so grateful for my life. I don't have that. And it's altering them. So that person coming in with this disability Mm -hmm. is actually affecting on such a grand scale, so many different people, same for collectives that choose to maybe pass in a certain way. Sometimes they come in to pass in a certain way to teach the rest of the world something else. And that is their um, main goal in this lifetime to accomplish this. And by doing that, it actually really expands their evolution on many different levels. So if you ultimately, when you pass and you go back to the in-between and you realize, oh, wow, you know, I am God. And I, this was just an experience, you know, experience, but really the in-between is way, it feels way more real than what we're doing here. Then you realize that this was just a very short journey. It feels like a long time when you're here in this 3D physical reality, but it actually doesn't when you're on the other side because you're living so many different um, lifetimes all at once and everything is happening in this now. So you never actually die. You can be on multiple places all at once living full lifetimes all right now. So, you know, you're not gone after you pass. You're just basically changing trains. And I love how they have, you were talking about the moment of rest and how like after Jen's life in Lemuria, where she was, she watched like her entire, she watched everything get destroyed, including her daughter was still on that Island. And then she had 60 years of imprisonment which then ultimately she was responsible for ending the world of Atlantis too. I mean, so, I mean, she's had so many pivotal traumatic moments and I think it was, she said there was a long period of yes. rest after that, right? Cause there was so much energetically. So much trauma. She had to and at one point she thought she was ready to start reviewing her life, but she wasn't ready yet. There was just so much trauma. And she said in physical years, it was like thousands of years that she was resting I mean, that was a lot of trauma for a soul to go through, volunteering basically to be the catalyst for the destruction of Atlantis and losing her child and her civilization. Do you think, because then she came back, you know, in the 70s as, you know, someone, she had her own traumas then too. And, you know, it started opening up these memories through hypnosis, interestingly enough. And then realized the world was not quite ready to hear them, but she wasn't quite ready yet to understand that. She wasn't kind of sophisticated enough to do that dance. So she just kept kind of saying and ended up putting herself in a mental hospital, Bellevue, actually, mm-hmm. anyone who knows it, it's, 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 it's gnarly, <laughs> or it was, um, and then had a lobotomy and eventually killed herself. I mean, it was pretty tragic. But what I found fascinating, two things you were talking about in the beginning of this conversation, how when you met her, she 
really hate, like totally did not believe in ET stuff, did not believe in any of this thing. Do you, is that, do we do that? Do you come into this life and she put a protective mechanism because she was literally put in a mental institution, literally had a lobotomy, jumped off the Brooklyn bridge. Is that stuff, do you think part of the reason she would not connect to it on her own was because of that? Uh, Definitely. And I think everyone's past lives or things that have happened to them in their other lifetimes affect them currently. But even when I started working with her, she, her higher consciousness said that they only would give us little bits by bit. That's why it took us two years to finish the first book because at first it was like a trickle. And then I would just get more and pull more and pull more um, from her memories. And then it started coming out faster, but they said that they did that on purpose because in that lifetime in the seventies, she could recount everything. I mean, she remembered everything and it was too quick. So they realized, or she realized because they are her in a sense. They realized that little by by little in this lifetime. And that was how they made us work for it. (laughs) So that was how we got our information. And, And it's just like everything though. They don't give me everything at once. They, they give me bits and pieces. Like I'll have a client that'll come in and talk about the same lifetime as this other client the very next day. And they don't know one another. And then they'll send somebody else maybe a week later shares the same thing or, you know, they'll down, they'll give my client like a ton of information that they'll share with somebody else right next. It's, it's just really interesting, but I don't, I can't go ask one person, please give me the next book. (laughs) It doesn't work that way. (laughs) Do you, it's another thing with Jen specifically, you know, in her lifetime, when she was a prisoner in Atlantis and they would also do a lot of experiments on her. So it's interesting. I kept kind of comparing it to like the lobotomy in some ways they would do really Mm -hmm. painful things to her. And she said she would get so quiet and the way she actually kind of could, you know, surpass it or go beyond what they were trying to retrieve from her is by just connecting Mm -hmm. to source, connecting to her home planet, connecting to, you know, everything beyond. And there was something when, and she said, when they remove my senses, you know, when you're in a dark place and they remove me being able to see or hear, like I could go really deep. And then Christine, Jenna's Christine, when she, you know, was in the mental, you know, in Bellevue, when she got the lobotomy, she said the same thing. She was like, I went so deep and got so much information from all these civilizations and past lives and things, because once again, she was completely removed. And you can see how that was about to happen to her in this current lifetime. It was about to happen because she had this brain condition in the same place as where her lobotomy was. And she was going to, you know, she was working closely with this team of specialists yet once again. So thank goodness she doesn't have to go through that in this lifetime. No, she like wrapped it up. Well, she shared, she shared what she came here to share. It's so beautiful. And it is amazing, but it also is amazing as us as humans, this reminder, if we can get quieter, like, I mean, it's so beautiful. We have all these senses, right? I mean, that's one of the amazing things of being human, but because even, you know, when you talk with the, when you go into past lives with the indigenous people and you kind of ask, well, how do you keep connecting to the star people? Or how did you know to do that? Or how did you go to the underworld or how it was always like, I get my body really still. 
I go really quiet and I connect either to the earth or whatever. And it was always these deeper stillnesses of kind of turning off other senses to turn on the sense that we don't even remember. Right. And I can't tell you how many clients are told by their higher consciousness on a daily basis that that's one of the most important things that they can do. But, you know, people don't have to meditate like everyone else meditates. Everybody has a different way of meditating. I mean, sometimes my clients are told, just go for a bike ride and just, you know, enjoy your bike ride. And that's where you get the most information. Or some of my clients are told, just go in the shower. Some people are told, just go outside and put your feet on the earth. So it really just depends on what way you quiet your mind. And some people I've noticed with... um say like ADHD or something like that, they're told to have a task to do, do something, and then they'll be able to speak with their higher self. Well, I love when you brought up the idea of, you know, autism and ADHD, and they're actually here to kind of expand consciousness in some ways. And again, it's bringing people together because I keep thinking about it too. I'm like, when are we going to get to a time where it's not neurodivergent and neurotypical? where it's more like, hey, these are, and I'm making it up because I have no clue, I don't study this. These are 75 different ways our brains work and you may fit into one of them versus this is the normal way. And these are all other names that we have for everything that's not normal. It's like, no, these are all now just well, it, they are. Like it as just, a society, what we really need to do is understand the value in each person, you know, to kind of listen to each person instead of just, well, that person has a disability. They are in this group, you know, instead of doing that to kind of become one and integrate, like integrate where we really hear, really come to understand and really value each other in ways that we just haven't done. How do you, so, you know, so much again of this conversation was, Hey, humans were here, you know, well, I have a couple questions actually. Is, is there any such thing as a pure human? Um, not that I'm aware of. <laughs> right. I mean, that's what I gathered too, but I couldn't tell because everything was seated or brought in at some correct. point, correct? Correct. Nobody. I mean, so that information alone, alone, you would hope would get people to realize like, we're all different and we're all one for that reason. Right. And you know, I, so many people are contacted by their different soul families, different, um, you could call it extraterrestrial, but really just different versions of ourselves. And I've asked the higher consciousness, just how many people are contacted. And they said all people. Wow. Cause I was going to ask you that too. Like when you do these, past life regressions, why does it seem as if it comes much easier for some people than others? Well, some people are just, um, they meditate possibly, or they just are a clear channel, just like some people have more highly developed psychic abilities. So they already have this innately within them. It's just an ability that's almost like it's like strengthening a muscle where you start to listen to that small, subtle voice within yourself. You know, it's like the people that already recognize that voice and they already kind of know what it sounds like and they already know how it communicates with them would be, I guess, considered clearer channels. But anybody can do this. I mean, these these sessions are really easy. 
Or some people have a mission like Jen, Christine, where, I mean, that's what I thought was so funny. Basically, she went with you and right away was giving crazy detailed stuff. But in that life as Christine, she stared at a candle for like a minute and was like, Exactly. It's just, they decided it would take more work this time around, which was, which was fine. It's, oh, it's such a perfect match. You know, I'm a patient person and I'm excited about all this stuff as well. And I'm, I love doing this kind of thing. It's just interesting because everyone, anybody that does anything that helps other people, there's always a match when mm-hmm. they get clients that come to them. It's so intricate and set up. It's never a coincidence. How has it changed how you live day to day? Well, I definitely have a different perspective on things. It's definitely changed me because I feel less worried about the future and kind of less stressed out. I I feel as if um, I'm really lucky because I feel like I, I'm aware that I'm in this magical world and I'm aware that we have so much help. And I'm also aware that there are um, higher consciousness that want to share information through my clients, through me. And it's, it's actually really fun and kind of magical that's how it's changed me because before I was never really, I mean, never really into this stuff before I got into hypnosis. And then when I got into hypnosis and I was into started learning through the past life regressions and stuff like that, I learned a lot about spirituality, but it's just being a part of this has really changed my whole outlook and my perspective. It's just really exciting. That's why I also feel that I want to share it with other people. You know, it's like when you find something that's really helpful, you want to tell everyone about it. And I just feel like if people even knew like a quarter of the information I receive on a daily basis, they'd be so much less worried. And it's one of the reasons that I write these books, you know, so I can share what I'm getting every day. And I mean, I think the fact of what you said that's affected you, this idea of a calm that you were at because you realized there's so much help. I mean, I want people who are listening to this conversation to realize that because we might not have spoken specifically. It's like there are. Talk a little bit about the help that is out there. I mean, I talked a little bit about with the grids but and with seeding, but there are other civilizations. There are other beings that are specifically watching over the earth and are concerned with our progress. There, are, talk about there that. is so much help helping us right now. And a lot of times they say they can't help us unless we ask if we specifically need help that they can't interfere unless we say, please interfere, please. Well, they can't interfere, but unless we say, please help me, then they sometimes even get bored, but there's other versions of ourselves that sometimes come to check on ourselves. And sometimes, you know, I'll have a client that's under hypnosis and before when she comes in for her session, she'll think, Oh, I'm, I've been contacted by these extraterrestrials and it's horrific and super scary. And then come to find out that it's another version of herself that's coming to work on her. And that's, what's actually happening. That it's not something scary at all. That's so often the case, not, not, um, all the time, but many times. And I find that it's really fascinating just how much help we have. I mean, we are definitely not alone. Well, I think it's also interesting, just the evolution of 
it says like Earth is one of many planets that's gone through this evolution. Um, some have already achieved it. Some aren't doing as great. But it again, it's it really is so sad when you think about this myopic, narcissistic point of view that we have kind of taken on of it's only us. The Earth's the only thing with life on it. We're the only ones that exist. I mean, it just to me never made sense. It's like if we're here, how can something else not be? I mean, it's just logically. We have this filter, this conscious mind filter, and we have a very deep set belief that we're the only ones here, that, you know, there's nothing else going around, but this is actually helping us. It serves a purpose because without that belief system, it would be difficult for us to even feel separate than one another. We wouldn't, it would be difficult for us to actually have this experience. So there's a purpose for it as annoying as it is to constantly doubt, you know, the, <laughs> the messages that you receive all day, or like you see a billboard and it has, literally has your name on it. And you think, Oh, what a coincidence. That's just your um, conscious mind, you know, trying to get you to believe that it's separate. It's such a powerful belief systems are so powerful. That's why if you can, change certain things about your belief systems, you can change your reality, but it serves a purpose to feel on some level that we're separate than one another. Otherwise we really wouldn't even be here because ultimately that's our goal is to remember that we're God. So all civilizations that have reached that enlightenment state, that was the end goal and that's what they achieved. So over the millennia, they finally, as a collective, understood that they were actually God or source or whatever you want to call it. And we come in, forget, and try, as a collective, try to remember this again. Then, you know, if we fail, we do it again until we evolve as a collective till we reach that point. Many different Earth-like planets have gone through this before. We're not the only one. This isn't the only experiment or the only, you know, um, reality like this. So this has happened most multiple times before, but we're actually on a trajectory of planets. It's almost like um, it's very mathematical in the rest of the universe. So what is happening right now is we're on this trajectory. It's almost like a ladder and we're, we're moving up in the, on the rungs of the ladder. And eventually we're going to hit this place where our planet is just completely blanketed in this high frequency and it becomes a high frequency planet. And, Essentially, that's somewhat of what's happening now. It's going through that process. And you can feel the, I mean, for, I think for people who are more sensitive, you can feel the energy changes. I know Jonathan and I were talking about it before you jumped on how, you know, everyone keeps talking about March, 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 you know, all this energy. But I, I said, what I've been noticing is if you're open to it, it's almost as if this gift is coming oh, down that. and allowing you to clear faster. That's, is that, that's it. I noticed it. Yes. Yeah. It's almost like, okay, let's just ramp this up a little bit. I've noticed it, like, for instance, in my dreams, like major specific processing things that I've been trying to work on, but like having the moments in my dreams. And I'm like, oh, like, and I wake up and I actually say, thank you. I, I get a sense of what's happening here. I can tell you we're on like a fast forward now. It's like sweeping out. All right, let's open this closet. Time to clean it. You've been avoiding it. We're not even avoiding it. Maybe you've been working on it, but it's like, let's, we have a more efficient Way exactly. And process. so I think it's so easy for people to think they're doing something wrong when they're having a bad day, but no, that bad day is serving yes. a huge purpose or they think, oh no, I did something wrong because I got sick again or something. 
but that's actually serving such a huge purpose as well. And like you said, there's a huge light on us right now, shaking everything up. And so we can clear much faster because we're ascending so fast. And I love, I I say what a lot of what you said, I always tell people, you know, a lot of times, like if I do an interview, people are like, well, what do you recommend? And I'm like, honestly, breathing and talking, like talk as the, whatever it is you believe in, however you want to call it, God, whatever, like we're now specifically talking. And you said like, they want to be asked for help. And I think it's important for people to realize you don't have to say it out loud. You can say it in your head, but this ability of knowing that you didn't choose this lifetime without kind of a team around you already that are very invested in what you are doing, but hands off, you can do whatever you want to do. And there's no judgment. There's only love. But when you need help, they're there to come in and help, but you have to. Yes. You have to ask and they're waiting. They're here for that purpose. And possibly you've been their guide before. Oh, well, I mean, that's what I found kind of what I loved about these, when you literally just kept seeing, it was like waves of lifetimes and people. I mean, even with it, when it was, Jen was Christine. And again, that was her version of the lobotomy and she passed away and she had a really rough relationship with most people actually in that lifetime and her mom and how, when she came back, her mom noticed her and recognized her from that. Like, right. I mean, it's just how it all still connects again, the timelines, are so thin. It's amazing because in a sense, I mean, not to get too complicated, but it's all happening right now. Okay. Complicated. (laughs) Yes. We'll talk a little bit about before, and I know you have to go, um, but talk a little bit about speaking of timelines. Oh, let's get into the fun thing I said. Like, so this idea of like these vortexes, what the Bermuda Triangle actually is and how we're, where the grids meet up and they create these vortexes. Those are also especially back in the day, were mm-hmm. portals because there were there were beings who knew how to teleport. There were beings who knew how to use those portals to get from one place to yes. another. So talk about their So it was really still. interesting because it was interesting hearing Jen's memory setting down the ley lines. So she saw that they, um, this, you know, grouping, or I guess you could call it us in a different, in a different version set down the ley lines before seeding the planet. And there are these energetic grids that are connected to different um, portals, so to speak. And that was set up as a fail safe for the colonizers that came to see this planet in case they did, you know, didn't have their technology. They could use these portals and they could travel through the ley lines to different places on this planet. It was a, a method of, of traveling was one of the purposes of this. It is really interesting because that's how the founder of Atlantis got to that place called Atlantis was through one of these ancient transport systems. And it's, if you go to Stonehenge, that's basically what it is. And it would open every, um, every year during the equinoxes. And so it would naturally open, but you would also have to use crystals or different methods to open it without um, it being the equinox. Now, have you ever <clears throat> read anyone who has accidentally jumped through any of those vortexes? You know, no. I would really be interested to to have a session where someone did, but no, I haven't. But what I've heard from my clients was that a lot of times, if that does happen to you, like if the uh, technology starts to function, so to speak, 
where Atlantis used to be over the Bermuda Triangle, then you would enter into a different version of yourself. You wouldn't die, but you would just enter into what would feel like a, a totally different life altogether, just a different version. Because anytime you make any um, decisions, any big decisions or basically any decisions, there's other versions of yourself that splinter off. That's it. I mean, it's so interesting just how vast love, the oh universe God, is. If you ever read anyone like that, you have to text them okay, like, sure. immediately. <laughs> Guess what? Because it's, it's, you know, especially as a kid, we grew up, I can speak for myself growing up in like mostly 80s, you know, and 90s, you know, the black hole. And like if someone, right, it was like the black hole. And Oh my God, what would happen if you were in space and you went to the black hole? Where would you go? Would you be dead? And it's, to me, it's it's that idea just on, on the earth. And like you said, in the Bermuda Triangle, it's like, do they remember? Do they know it's an alternate version of themselves? Is it not? You know what I mean? I'm just, there's so many I mean, questions according to I have. They remember, they find themselves in a different situation and they don't believe and it. They and they think, happening. what happened to my family? They live over here and they're not here. You know, there's been instances where this has happened to certain people. And I wonder if they somehow enter, entered into one of these, you know, ancient transport devices. Because, and I think if you're open to it, I would love to do a part two at some point about this because sure. we barely even got to talk about it. But that is what's so interesting about that too. Just again, it's like, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean, there's so many movies. I mean, I talked about this with Greg Braden too, this idea of like how consciousness comes through art, trying to teach us stuff too. And you see a lot of this stuff that we're talking about. It's like in movies and, you know, the Matrix, but even just fun, like Marvel comic movies or you know, like I said, Raiders and stuff, it feels it's that idea of like the stuff below the right. Sphinx and the information that's there. And it's not even a, you could have every treasure map you want, but if you got there and you personally weren't at the right, right. vibration, the walls will crumble right. in. You know well, what I mean? so like, fascinating. I mean, we could talk about the Sphinx another time, but what I find so fascinating about the Sphinx is that no matter what people take from it, no matter what they do to alter it, They'll never take that away. And that information is only read through the mind. You can only access it through the mind. So whatever artifacts have been taken, it really doesn't matter. You can't alter that. And all you have to do is really touch. I mean, I don't want to tell people to go touch the Sphinx, but. Well, because in fair, right. And also it's, you have, you have to be, to be at the, at the right, right vibration. vibration and there's different ways to kind of access that information. I mean, even in, you know, the ancient days, they understood about certain breathing techniques and certain types of meditations. And there's light codes that emanate off of all these ancient structures. Any ancient structure basically has these light codes in them and they come up about like a foot and a half off the ground. And if you can meditate and tune into that, you can read the information and of course it helps you have to be at the certain vibration, but like a match to this information, not anybody can get this type of information. So for instance, let's say certain descendants of certain, you know, beings have, will have access if yes. they can tune in to certain types of information, right. but not all of it and other descendants of, so depending on what your lineage is and from what original planets and what original right. beings you'd have access. Just like to certain people had certain staffs that would enable them to lift certain objects. Whereas if somebody decided to take that staff and try to do it, it wouldn't work because it wasn't, it needs the person. 
the descendant, that person is a key added element to it. I love it. And so get, get everyone remember, we're all magic. We're all magic. That's right. And we're at a beautiful precipice. The earth's going through such an amazing change. So are we as a consciousness and we all just need to do our part to keep it going in that direction, which means have compassion, work on yourself, have kindness, let go of some of the judgment, honor the earth. Yes. That was a big one that came through, I feel like, in your third book. Um, am I missing anything else? What are those key things people can do to really help the trajectory of us kind of raising our consciousness, which we are being handed on a silver I mean, platter? you said right it, now. but what I hear all the time, just to echo it, is the work on yourself. It's the most important thing that anybody anyone can do. Of course, help others, but work on yourself. Thank you for being so incredible. Thank you for these. I can't wait to see what else gets brought to you. So I'm you already working on us. my fourth um, book, actually. Can you say what the area is or no? <laughs> because That's I don't want, question. I don't want this to come out and then get a client that wants to. <laughs> oh yeah. You don't want it. I love that. You don't Influence. want to have anyone start kind of faking stuff and info. Oh, I love that. Well, I appreciate that. Here's my other question. Have they ever, after you've received all this information and you're editing together, do they ever come through a client to say, you're not allowed to actually put that in oh, right he, now? Um, they don't share it with me if I'm not allowed. I've, I've tried to get certain information and they'll stop my sessions. If I'm getting too close, that happens. Because there were certain times too, I noticed, I'm like, it's interesting she didn't ask this question. And I'm like, I bet you she did. And like, she just couldn't You get know, that's been happening to me a lot in this fourth book. I'm getting so close to confidential information again. So I screwed around. I try to get whatever I can, you know, whatever they're sh they'll share with me, but they only share things when humanity is ready because they know what we're ready for at certain times. Otherwise I think they would just share everything and it wouldn't be, it would be too much. And look, and they have examples of Atlantis and other times when, um, technology or use of power went beyond the inward right. work, right? And I think that's the whole point is how can we make sure now that both are balancing at the same time? You know, it's not like, I mean, they are saying go back to the earth and they are saying, you know, work amongst land, but it, they, it, you don't see technology can't advance. It's just, it feels like now it's like, it has to go hand in hand. There has right. to be a beauty of that energy of knowing where you come from as you kind of it's just fascinating. Like you kind of feel the energy when you're reading the books, this like harmony that is kind of being like ignited. It's within interesting ourselves. how they put whatever frequency or whatever they do in these books, in the words, and it's supposed to activate whatever they wanted to activate in the people that read them. I mean, it's, it's really interesting. And, and I'm so happy to facilitate this. It's exciting. Well, you have such a great glow about Could you. Be and I'm sweat, like, oh, that's though, a woman here. <laughs> like I'm in the keys. No, it feels like, and there's a smile. It feels like that idea of someone who knows, you know, like you said, it's the lifetimes, it's the missions yeah. you've chosen to share, to spread, and you've connected to right, it. Right, right. And I think it's, it's so fun when you align to your purpose too, when you know what it is that you want to do with your life. I think it, just makes you feel really good to be doing those things. Yeah. And you're helping a lot humanity as a whole, which is amazing. <laughs> well, so are you. 
Oh, well, I'm glad we're spreading this together. We'll see what gets taken down and what doesn't. It'll be a nice grand experiment. <laughs> Thank you so much. Everyone stay tuned for her personal practice. You are light. These books are fantastic. Everyone should go out and read them um, or at least just just dive into Sarah because she's amazing. So thank you thank so you much. Sarah. Okay, so now Sarah's going to lead us in her personal practice, which is a self-healing meditation. So just close your eyes and find a position of comfort. And just start by focusing on your breath. Just breathing in deeply and fully. And as you exhale, just release any tension that you store in your body. Just let everything go and allow your body to relax. And pick a spot on the top of your head. And that spot is pure, deep relaxation. And now feel this spot growing bigger and flowing down the back of your head, down the back of your neck, just releasing any tension in the back of your neck. And feel this deep relaxation flow down into your shoulders, down your arms, and down into your fingertips. And now feel this deep relaxation flow down your back, relaxing all the muscles in your upper back, relaxing your lower back. And feel this deep relaxation flow down the backs of your legs and down into your feet. And now feel this deep relaxation flow down your face, relaxing all the muscles by your eyes, relaxing your jaw. And feel this deep relaxation flow down your throat, down into your chest, down into your stomach. Imagine you can breathe out any thoughts, any worries, any tensions. Just let everything go. And feel this deep relaxation flow down your legs and down into your feet. And now scan your body, mentally scan your body, looking for, searching for any discomfort in your body. And if you have found something that calls your attention, some discomfort, ask this part of your body what are you trying to tell me? What do you want me to know? And now listen. Allow this part of your body to speak. What does it want you to do? 
Is there a purpose or lesson for this issue? And now that you understand this, can it now be released and healed? Now that you understand this, can it now be released and healed? What is happening? Now give thanks to that part of the body. Thank it for its communication with you. And now send gratitude to your whole body, sending love from the top of your head all the way down to your toes and gratitude and feel the body responding. Now you can come back to full waking consciousness when you are ready just by wiggling your fingers and opening your eyes.